Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and we have a pretty stacked episode for you today. So I'm just going to get the intro out of the way. Uh, Miles is going to jump in here shortly and give a quick kind of recap of the week's news. There's a couple things that we knew that we had to talk about real quick just to kind of get the information out there. But then we're going to come back with an interview that Miles and I did with Ryan Heiss. He's the village administrator in Egg Harbor. Uh, kind of about just the cool stuff that's been going on in Egg Harbor. Uh, we've got some things to clarify about the condo proposal for where the gas station is currently. Uh, and then just kind of a broad view of what Egg Harbor is going to look like in the next year, five years, 25 years, so on and so forth. So I'm going to get out of the way. Miles is going to come in and give you your news wrap up. And then we're going to jump into our interview with Ryan. It's a little bit longer this time around, but full of really interesting information and important things to consider about Echo Harbor now and in the future. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Door County Pulse podcast. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, just a couple of things that I wanted to update our listeners on. Uh, Yesterday, I went to the longest meeting of my career as a reporter. Um, The Door County Resource Planning Commission... um, reviewed the Quarry RV Park proposal in the town of Sevastopol. That is the RV park and single-family home development that would go into the old stone quarry across from George Penney County Park. That is 117 units up on the the old quarry surface um, above the park there. 115 of those units would have the option to build a single-family home of about 1,200 square feet up to three bedrooms. And each of those spots would have a pad for a Class A motor coach. Um, So you're looking at, you know, 115 unit development. If you had two residents per, that's bigger than essentially the town or the village of Ephraim, uh, the village of Egg Harbor, a lot of other small towns and communities of Door County. So it is a pretty large, intense development um, surrounded by single-family residential homes. It, it is not necessarily a, a rural character area. There is some density to the, the homes. Most of the plots there are anywhere from about a half acre to 1.5 acres on all the surrounding property. So it's not just plopped in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. But there has been a lot of opposition. And last night, um, just to clarify how this process works, some people think this has already been denied. That's not the case. It has, when you when something falls under county zoning, as this does in the town of Sevastopol, a project must go to the plan commission for review. Well, when it falls under county zoning and you're going for a conditional use permit. So it goes to the plan commission for review, and then they make a recommendation to the town board. The town board can take that recommendation and forward that on to the county resource planning committee that makes the ultimate final decision. 
both the Sevastopol Plan Commission and the Sevastopol Town Board have recommended that they not approve the permit for the conditional use permit um, for this proposal for a variety of different reasons. But the County Resource Planning Committee, they can, they take that into account, but they don't, they don't have to make that same decision. They, they are held to kind of different standards. They, since the town's decision is not binding, they can, they can kind of think of it in a different way than the county can, where the county has to actually follow the state regulations on what you can and can not approve something based on. This project is not looking for new zoning. It's not looking for a variance. It falls under, it all fits under the county's existing zoning for this parcel, which is recreational commercial, and it has been zoned that way since 1968. So this is not a, a new proposal. You're not asking for massive changes to the zoning and ordinances as they're written now. Um, the opposition came up, has, has largely made the argument that it doesn't fit in the area, and there are some areas where the county can deny a permit uh, based on a list of um, 17 different criteria. One of those, and, and maybe chief among them, is its impact on uh, surrounding property values. If something's going to go in here and just like devastate the property values of the surrounding parcels, that's a really hard argument to make. There was arguments on both sides last night. The, the meeting started with a long presentation by the developers, followed by an equally long presentation by the opponents, and then a rebuttal by the developers, and then a rebuttal by the opponents. Um, there was, throughout that process, the members of the, the five-person resource planning committee uh, kind of peppered both the opposition and the, um, and the developers with some questions for digging deeper, asking for more specifics about the plan. Um, it was maybe the largest meeting packet that anyone's ever seen in Door County. Uh, Vinny Shoma, one of the members of the Resource Planning Committee, said it stretched to almost 1,400 pages. Um, the initial permit application was almost 500 pages, but the opposition presented an equally long um, opposition to it. Um, most of the opposition to it is made up of surrounding property owners, Bayshore Property Owners Association, a group calling themselves No Quarry RV Village. They created a website right when they first heard wind of this proposal. And um, if you if you were a neighboring property owner, I would definitely see why you would uh, be up in arms about this. This could involve up to 10 years. If it, if it gets built out in the manner that the developers propose, it could take 10 years to build this thing out, which would mean blasting, um, excavation, and heavy trucks on that property for a long time. Um, there's, there's an argument about traffic impacts, uh, about RVs coming and going and the increased traffic on Bayshore Drive. Th- that maybe carries less weight because it, it wouldn't exceed the what that road is rated for anyway. So it's not just like, all right, this is going to destroy this road if we have this traffic. They're not going to have to expand the lanes. There's little... Evidence that there you would have RVs coming and going at a rapid rate. Generally, the way RV parks like this work, um, and speaking from somebody who has lived in between two of them in the past, and then uh, our office here at the Pulse is located on the um, about a quarter mile away from three of them. Um, people bring their RV in, they park it, they either leave it for the season or for several weeks at a time, and then they take it out. 
it's not like coming and going throughout the day. Those those are very hard hard to move and connect and and disconnect. But there is going to be the increased traffic because each of those RVs come with vehicles. People generally park them, but then they have another car that they take into town or around the county. So you are looking at at full build out, at full occupancy, potentially something around the order of two to three hundred cars in that coming and going from that parcel every day. So a small village, um, and that you know there's arguments that it could really overwhelm the capacity of uh, George Penny County Park with all those people probably trying to enjoy that county park, um, which some of the land for that park was donated by the the woman, Peggy Drusser, who owns this property, um, donated some land to create that park. Um, and there's, you know, it's a road that is used by runners and cyclists. It's a, it's a beautiful stretch of the county. So there's um, a lot of concern from neighbors that this road would get overwhelmed and it wouldn't be as great for recreation. Uh, there, there aren't shoulders on that road. They're generally about, in some cases, there aren't, there are hardly any shoulder. In most of that road, there's nothing close to like a three-foot shoulder. But much of the discussion came down to the impact on those neighboring property values and whether or not an RV park, even at full build-out, once construction is done, is that going to decrease the property value? I would imagine... Um, you could make the case that if you're in one of those parcels behind it that previously just had a clear view of the water and now you'd be overlooking the RV park and then the water, I would imagine that might have some impact on that property value. The developers presented a survey of similar luxury RV parks that said that it did not affect property values in other areas. The opponents countered those studies and surveys, pointing out that some of them aren't really similar types of neighborhoods. Uh, one of the major ones in Petoskey, Michigan, that the developers look like touted, has only a couple of single-family homes nearby and is in a largely commercial and resident or a commercial and industrial district um, surrounded by factories and car dealerships. So uh, their their argument was that that this development doesn't even have the ability to bring that property value down, most likely. So that was uh, taken into heavy consideration. There was also geologist Roger Coons was there, and he presented a lot of questions and issues regarding groundwater on the karst topography, their water runoff management plan, the potential for sinkholes on that property. That's all kind of he said, she said that Coons probably knows, knows the karst topography of this region better than anybody. He studied it for a long time. He's written books about it. He's written um, done documentaries about it, uh, consulted about it for years. Um, the developers have said they've had county officials walk that property and have signed off on it and said there aren't sequels and there's that it's it's fine for this development. Um, they that might go back to the drawing board because eventually, after eight hours and fifteen minutes of testimony, the resource planning committee decided to table taking a vote on this permit until next Wednesday. I can see why. Probably exhausted. Maybe after eight hours of sitting through this, it was almost midnight. Making the decision at that point might not have been the best idea. They might want to go back and get some more information and verify some of the facts presented to them at the meeting. There was a lot of different allegations thrown at them that might need clarification. Finally, one of the other things that came up at the meeting was the financing involved and what what the developers had actually secured. And Ken Fisher asked this, uh, Ken Fisher, the chair of the Resource Planning Commission, basically asking the question because 
they want to know if there's enough money in the developer's hands so that if this fails, if it doesn't succeed like they they think it will, and that let's say they they just clear the land and they start excavating, but then they run out of money, what happens to the property? If they start building lots and they sell some of them, but then 80 of them remain unsold, what's the process for making sure that that mine is is reclaimed and covered in topsoil versus a lot of empty plots just sitting there going to waste. The developers have said that they don't have financing lined up. To this point, they have spent out of their own pocket and their own time to come up with this plan and secure the permits and that they can't get investors secured until they have those permits in hand. There's been some debate about whether that's enough assurance for the county to approve that permit or whether they can even take that into account. This is generally these kind of plans does, don't allow you to like judge whether or not you think the business is a good idea. Most, most businesses that actually change things, most people don't see as good ideas until they, they prove themselves. I once owned a business. People wouldn't give us money. You have to, because they, and if we had to apply for a permit to do that business based on whether people thought it was a good enough investment to give their money to, we would have never gotten those businesses off the ground. So I can see where this gets into some sticky territory for the RPC. But the way it ended, they tabled the motion. They were The meeting next week will be back at the government offices. This meeting was at the um, ADRC building, the Door County Community Center in Sturgeon Bay, which is you know a really nice place for a government meeting. I would love to go to more meetings there. It's a great facility if you haven't been there. Um, but next week's meeting will be back at the government center and it will be on Wednesday. So we should have an answer on this project for you on next Wednesday. One other thing I just wanted to highlight in this week's issue of The Pulse before we get into our conversation with Ryan Heist that I think uh, a lot of people will find very interesting because we get into some of the topics that not specifically about this Quarry RV park, but about how these decisions are made because Egg Harbor is encountering some of this with the condo development there. But he kind of outlines from an administrator standpoint, he's the administrator in the town of Egg, or village of Egg Harbor, what the town can and can't consider and how these developments come before them and how they try to guide them to the best possible result. But before we get into that conversation, you'll also find in this week's issue a story I wrote about Carlson Erickson Builders, which uh, has been around for 51 years, uh, building homes and facilities like Scandia Village, uh, Northern Sky Theater. They're part of the um, uh, crew behind uh, the new writing center at Right on Door County in Judville. But they also have built a lot of custom homes. And it was just kind of interesting to talk to some of these carpenters about that trade and the evolution of building in Door County and the types of homes that people are desiring up here, going from like small summer cottages and cabins in the late 60s and early 70s to the kind of vacation compounds that people build today, uh, the McMansions, um, the evolution in technology that has changed how carpentry um, works and how homes are built up here. And I talked to several carpenters, a couple of different owners that have uh, been part of that business over the years. And one thing that really struck me is the pride that these carpenters have in driving around their hometown and in this community and seeing and being able to point out, I built that, we built that, I worked on that, we remodeled that. And I remember laying those stones. And as somebody who works on a computer for a living where you can just uh, delete 
whatever I did at any moment. It's uh, really cool, and I get envious of people who can do stuff with their hands, and, and one minute there's nothing there, and the next minute there's this beautiful structure, and their hands and their work has been all over that. Um, so I, I hope you check that out. It's, uh, it's a feature in this week's uh, Pulse, and get an idea for seeing this landscape through a carpenter's eyes and uh, a little idea of how the changing economic and vacation trends of Door County have changed the, the building industry. So with that, I'll move us on to our conversation with Ryan Heiss from the village of Egg Harbor. Uh, I think it's a good one, and I hope you check it out. It was one of the more fun ones for me to do just because I geek out a little bit on urban planning, and so does Ryan. So hope you enjoy it. Okay, we are back, and we are joined now by Ryan Heiss, the village administrator at Egg Harbor. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, really well. I love your guys' studio. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you can't see it, but it is kind of a work in progress. Uh, we just put some new art on the walls, so it's a little bit more inviting than it was before when it was all <laughs> one big black foam box. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. Uh, thank you for coming in, Ryan, and chatting with us. You know, Miles and I have talked about some of the cool stuff that has happened in Egg Harbor and is happening in the future of Egg Harbor, uh, but we wanted to kind of bring you in and talk to you directly about it, uh, get some more information on some of the stuff that's coming up and just how Egg Harbor has really kind of blossomed over the last 10 years and, and what we have to look forward to. Uh, Miles, you have been doing a lot of uh, research on, you know, writing different articles about the things that have happened in Egg Harbor, going to a lot of board meetings. Why don't you just kind of tee us up with some questions for Ryan? Well, I think we, we forgot one thing in the introduction. Broomball Rookie of the Year for the Door County Brewing Company, Ryan Heiss. Oh, my uh, goodness. My, Thank my you. My teammate on the Broomball squad. Perfect. Um, <laughs> what, what did you play? Two games? I, I played two games. Are you still sore from those two games? I are you okay? am absolutely sore. I have found <laughs> muscles where I did not know that they existed. <laughs> I, I tried to get a pickup game going last night, and basically everybody who played more than one game, because our team lost in the first round of the playoffs, everyone who played more than one game was like, oh, no. Oh no! You can't recover and play another time in two days. Right. Like maybe another week from now. It is. It's like the NFL, really. Um, it just takes that recovery time. So the the most entertaining part about that sport is that you can watch people fall constantly, and you think in your head like, "Oh no, that's not going to be me. Like I'm not going to fall immediately." And then boom, <laughs> what happens? Yeah. You like fall immediately. I yeah. think it was the last game you played where, like, everyone went out on the ice. The ball dropped. We start the game, and within like. 15 seconds, like nine people went down, <laughs> just standing there, just like slipped and fell. It was like somebody was out there with a sniper rifle just yeah. pegging people. That was a big, uh, it was a tremor that had gone through yeah. and knocked everybody <laughs> over. Yeah, Sam has been my link to Broomball this season because he's been going out and playing, coming back the next day and talking about how sore he is. Uh, but he also took a bunch of video this season and we put together kind of a, a little explainer video that showcases some of the Broomball stuff that's been going on. I don't know if that's up right now, but it will be up soon so definitely check it out on Well, hopefully he's got some clips of people falling because that's most of what the game is there there is a lot of it i think i don't know if he included them on purpose or if it was just unavoidable but they're <laughs> definitely in there anyway back to reality um or <laughs> some would say more important things so egg harbor one of the big things coming up i think next week is the plan commission meeting again to look at the residences of at egg harbor right the the condo proposal for the center of town do i have that right is that next week uh, you do. There's a, there's a, a number of meetings. Next week is going to be a plan commission's review of their plan. It's not going to be the public hearing. Okay. Public hearing is going to be in March. I think that's okay. March 11th. Okay. And where that 
you know, a lot of people have had, uh, when we posted that article on Facebook, and I guess just to give the listeners uh, who maybe don't know what I'm talking about, the residences at Egg Harbor is a 27-unit uh, condo and retail development uh, proposed for the site of uh, what is now the, the Miller's Mini Mart gas station uh, in the center of town. There's this, this is an interesting development to me in that a lot of times when developments come forward in Door County, they're drastically changing the use, and this drastically changes the use, but usually like traffic becomes a big concern when you, when you have these new developments. Mm-hmm. In this case, when you're transforming a gas station to potential residences, you're actually congestion is actually being alleviated in right. the center of town. There's fewer people who come through a, a like a condo unit than the hundreds of cars that come through a gas station every day, right? Yeah, you know, you know it, it is an interesting project. So I read; I'm an avid reader of the Pulse, and so whenever you see a project of, of this nature come up in Door County, the comments are are usually very similar that you you get on social media, right? It's like traffic concerns, the architecture sucks. The quaintness has been killed. Right. Um, Quaint is a, a, a hot button word. Yes, uh, especially uh, in, in Egg Harbor. And um, I, mean, I mean, there's some validity to, to all of those concerns. But with this particular project, the concept is actually uh, pretty smart and works well for our, for our village. You know, when a lot of people, what I struggle with in covering stuff is always, you know, I've been covering plan commission meetings, developments for about 15 years in communities all over the county. So I see this over and over again. But for most people, when they when they start to comment on an issue or it for a lot of boards, when it comes before them, it's the first time that they've done this. Um, and so maybe one of the things you could clear up is kind of like when a, a project like this comes forward and a plan commission is faced with it or a village board is faced with it, what are the things that they can take into account and can't take into account? Like, a lot of people will say, like, well, that's a bad business idea. And some we had a, a thoughtful letter to the editor this week about the Quarry RV Park, mm-hmm. questioning whether it was good to invest in an RV park, given the changing habits of millennials and all this stuff. But you can't approve or deny a permit based on whether you think the business is going to be a success. Yeah, and, and that's a steep learning curve um, for just like the, the average citizen, right? I think that... What people really need to understand is that zoning is incredibly important in Door County. And if if you have good zoning, you're going to be able to really have a stronger say in what projects happen in your, your municipality. If you don't have good zoning, uh, a lot of things can happen. And so with this particular project, um, there's two permits that are being applied for. There's something called a special development district permit which is just for, there's a, a, a special development district overlay, and I don't want to make this too complicated, but allows flexibility for special projects in your downtown area. You don't want to be too strict. And, and so there's one application being applied uh, for that, and that has to do with uh, impermeable surface ratio and, and some other things. But then also there's the conditional use permit. And really... There's not a lot that a municipality can do uh, to prevent a project from happening if it falls in line with the existing zoning. So you need to be prepared to come in there with like some significant findings of fact if you want to oppose a project. Uh, you need to have like a study or you have to bring in an expert. And you can't just come in and say like, we don't like this project. We think the architecture sucks. Well, 
architecture isn't something that's that's going to be able to be applied uh, as a reason for denying the project or even convince the developer to, to change it. So You can use that in some sort of architectural review board. You can make suggestions, but... Yep. Absent that review board or something written on paper that says you can you can prevent it from happening, you know, it's likely to happen. So like Ephraim's right. codes, it's codified. You know, you have the the white buildings, the structures that they want. Not not many communities actually have that. Even when it comes to like fast food, there are a lot of people who assume that fast food restaurants or chain restaurants are banned in Door County. That's not the case, as we found out when Subway tried to open um, years ago and then when Dollar General was proposed just a couple of months ago. But most people just kind of assume that's the case. So usually it just comes down to demographics. Right, exactly. And so the village has just gone through its, its comprehensive planning process. And so we're updating our comprehensive plan that goes out to year 2040. And out of that come a number of ordinance changes that are, are geared towards following the, the stakeholder engagement that we had and say, what do people want? What's the vision of the village? But we're not quite there. So any projects that land on our lap will fall back to existing zoning. And again, there's very limited uh, say-so that the, the Planning Commission actually has. With this particular project, uh, what will be interesting is the scale of the project, right? Uh, one of the, the I'm not going to use the word variance, but one of the things that they're looking to, to well, I'll use the word variance. <laughs> one <laughs> of the things that they're looking to have a variance on, which isn't the proper terminology, but is the amount of floor space that they can have. And what's allowable is 20,000 square feet. And what they're looking for is like 78,000 square feet. So that's where the flexibility comes in because that's, you know, above and beyond what's allowed in the existing zoning. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. But again, going back to my earlier comments, like conceptually, this project's good in that it's a mixed-use project. It'll be interesting to see how the retail component would, would play out. So it's both retail and, and residential. And... Um, it's infill development, right? And so there was something there before. Environmentally, it could be a win in that there's existing gas tanks that would be removed. Uh, the stormwater will be managed. You're tying it into a wastewater treatment uh, plant. Also, just this concept of infill development as far as people moving into a location where they don't have to use their vehicle to, to get around and or you're not expanding infrastructure, right? So we're not creating a road to a new development or putting in a new pipe, which will then need to be maintained. So these people can live there or, or, or rent there, and, and they can walk to, their, to meet their daily needs or weekly needs. And that's, and that's a good thing. One question that I have, and, and I brought this up uh, when this and also the proposal for the highway and, and building sidewalks and all that kind of stuff was first shown off, is I see a lot of people talking about how uh, certain developments don't fit the character of a town. And, and my question is, when does the character of a town change? You know what I mean? I would say that, like, you go back 10 years ago to when the marina was built in Egg Harbor uh, or the, the harbor area itself, and then even changing the last couple of years with One Barrel and Hatch and Shipwreck's new building and the Crest Pavilion. When you say that uh, this new development, right, this condo property doesn't fit the character of Egg Harbor, what character are people talking to at this point? And hasn't that character changed? It is a great question uh, for the people that are concerned with the changing <laughs> character. I mean, because it's it's it's, it's a, I think you're 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 onto something as far as communities evolve, right? And we all respect our cultural heritage. But if you want to preserve buildings 
uh, and if that's your if that's your definition of of, of character and, and quaintness, then you need to do that far in advance uh, of of any potential project, right? You need to uh, uh, be proactive with that and get your historical society to, to preserve buildings. Otherwise, eventually, you know, they have a they have a lifespan, um, and things will likely change as all things do. Well, you talk about planning ahead. At one point in Bailey's Harbor, I think it was maybe ten or twelve years ago. There was a bunch of property for sale, and I think you could have bought like almost the entire water side of the downtown for something like $3 million, which most people look at individual parcels and you go, oh, what would you ever do with that lot? Oh, that I'm not too worried about that going up for sale. That's a small lot. They're not, they're not going to be able to build that large. But then what we don't think about that often is like, all right, what if somebody comes in and buys four consecutive lots? Then the possibilities skyrocket for what they can build. And, and we're not very good about thinking ahead in that sense. In Sister Bay, 10, 12 years ago, there was a proposal where what is now um, Ecology Sports was then Gage, uh, it was a, a retail store, and it was a small footprint, but they had proposed buying basically that whole corner except for, that whole block except for Birdo's, and they proposed a massive um, condo complex, and it really just took everyone by surprise. They had never considered somebody doing that. And if you looked at each town in the in the county, you could easily see that, like, town of Gibraltar, right along the water, there's a lot of old cottages that maybe somebody makes a godfather offer one day, and instead of these little cottages, somebody comes in with a, a, a four-story complex. And that's sort of, people just assume things are going to stay the way they are, but that would require the current business owner like never retiring or wanting to do anything else with their life. And that's kind of what's happening with the gas station in Egg Harbor is people have called it like a money grab and stuff. But that family has been trying to get out of that business for several years. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of history there that people uh, aren't aware of, nor do they care about. But it does go back to zoning. And, and you hear that a lot with, with big projects. Right. And it doesn't matter where you are in the country. You move someplace. You move there because it's beautiful. You hope to maybe be the last person that moves there, but suddenly you have a development next door and sometimes you're opposed to that development. And the only thing that's going to protect you because that land could be used for anything is zoning, right? And one of the arguments that, that are debates that I hear is like, well, if you didn't want that going in, you should have bought the property next to you. Well, that's not really you know reasonable either. Right. Um, but again, it, it goes back to zoning. Like, what could this what could this property be? And, well, anything that the zoning will allow. Yeah. Even like the hotel door, like Sister Bay had a very open and public process of saying, we, back when everything was being foreclosed on in the village, we need to do something to entice people to invest in our town again. So they actually raised the height limits through a big public open session, tons of meetings to figure out what people wanted or thought was reasonable. And they in which they would even put models out here. Well, here's an example of what would be there, what could be there if you approved this mm -hmm. height restriction. And that's what the people voted for. But then once it actually came to pass, it, it still becomes this massive um, controversy. And we're we're not really good at looking at a zoning map and knowing what, what's possible. All this is not to say like <laughs> pro-residences from, from our standpoint or anti. Same thing with like the Quarry RV Park. But I think it is important to articulate for people of like, you can't just come in and say, I don't like it. Like if you, if you have a problem with a, a development or a project and you actually want to do something about it, you're going to need to do some research. You're going to have to have, like you said, findings of fact, 
read those ordinances, talk to the the village administrators and plan commissioners and things and find out exactly where those holes are if you're going to try and make a case against something because otherwise prepare to stand in front of a board and get eye rolls and stuff because they know they can't do anything about just kind of like those random aesthetic aspects. Yeah. The, these approval processes have uh, become quasi-judicial, uh, the conditional use permit, um, you know, the state legislature acted on that a number of years ago, making it more challenging for people to come in and, and make emotional pleas to why a project should be stopped. And so it's really favorable to developers. And uh, yeah. Just, and that's just law. You can't, that's not your local village board just trying to rape the landscape or anything. That has nothing to do with the, the locality. It's, it's a state legislated thing. So if you got a problem with that, Call Joe Kitchens, call Andre Jacques, and drive them crazy. Yep, those are the guys, not the village office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to move on and talk about some some other stuff that's going on in Egg Harbor. But before we do, I had one quick last question on the condo developments. People had talked about how it doesn't uh, fit in aesthetically with the rest of the village. And in the renderings that I saw, there was actually some kind of work done at the in the facade of the lower levels to kind of capture the history of Egg Harbor a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, Miles? They were trying to incorporate the stone from that historic gas station um, that's there. Uh, and and I don't know if they were trying to repurpose that stone or if they were just trying to, to mimic it. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they, they were trying to do both. They were trying okay. to repurpose the, the stone from the building. I think they even alluded to uh, the fact that they know where more stone of its type is at. Okay. Hmm. Hidden stash. Something. Yeah, something. But, you know, as far as like the character and the, and the building and the architecture itself, like, again, absent any architectural review board or any specific standard that they need to be uh, building on or towards or with, um, you know, my guidance is very unofficial when a developer comes in. It's like, okay, look around you, look at some of the older buildings and some of the architecture. And in this case, it was like, I just pointed to the Crest Pavilion, right? It was like, look, it's white clapboard and it's Door County quarried stone and, uh, you know, it's this and it's that. But... If you look at the building materials on this particular project, they're not all bad. I mean, I think people look at a rendering and, and just say, like, oh, this is awful. But they don't really look at the materials and they don't really try to gain a deeper understanding. Well, I was also alluding to them putting, like, the names of old businesses on the facade as well. Like, just a cosmetic treatment, right? Which is really similar to what uh, they did at On Deck in Sister yes, Bay yes. as well. And I feel like that undertaking was more celebrated than something like this. Well, in general, what I would, there's certain <laughs> things that I, I'm surprised more people don't do. If you're against a project, if you're not calling Christy Weber and finding out how to fight it, you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> she does her research. She finds the holes. And if you want our developer, Mitch Larson has been one of the most successful. And what has he done? He's, he's made things that weren't historic into historic buildings by creating a facade, by hearkening back to old images of the county in, in his designs, and he's done it incredibly successfully. And he matched that with, like, a really great business model and a really dedicated uh, approach to his businesses. I mean, he's open late all year round. He's open every single day. Like, he's a dependable business. So you, you marry all those things together. Other developers should be modeling more of that. I'm also surprised when developers show up. I was actually surprised with, with these developers in Egg Harbor that they don't come with a good artistic rendering of the proposal. The same thing with the the hotel proposal in Sturgeon Bay a few years ago. They came with a a poorly, what I felt was a very poorly done rendering, which probably sabotaged that 
project from the start. And as much as there were all the naysayers, if that would have been a better rendering to start with, they'd have been in better shape. So I'm always surprised when developers don't just do that legwork because they, if if they've asked two people their opinions about development in Door County, they know they're in for a fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm su- I'm just surprised they don't come more prepared all the time. But. Yeah. So if you're a developer out there and you're looking for a consultant, uh, his name is Miles Danhausen Jr. He'll tell you exactly how to get it done. <laughs> Miles is shaping the future of Door <laughs> County with his bare hands. Uh, Ryan, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about the, the future of Egg Harbor and where you see it in the next, you know, five, 10 years. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. Uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you, you know, as we look forward, what what is what do you see as the, the future for Egg Harbor in, you know, this summer, next year, five years from now, if you're thinking that far? Oh ahead. no, let's go further. Let's go further than that. Let's let's go, let's skip a generation. Let's say twenty five years. Great. Um, uh, what do you see for the vision of the future? All right. So we're riding a bike and we're just at <laughs> we're not in a car. That's yes. the first point. Riding a bike around a, we're on the village hill. We're coming, we're coming into the village. First thing I, I, I hope that people see is um, a beautiful street tree canopy and, and the absence of overhead wires, um, which will allow a street tree canopy to, to flourish. And then you will see a beautiful streetscape uh, adorned with high-quality public art. Uh, and then you'll see a mix of vibrant businesses. But more so, you'll see like people riding their bikes everywhere safely, and people walking around everywhere safely. And then you'll have these con- these connections to the waterfront. You know, Harborview Park. What amazing opportunity right along the main corridor to 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 view the the Bay of Green Bay. Um, and then you'll have all of these um, beautiful buildings like the Crest Pavilion and like really good architecture. And uh, then you'll have uh, connectivity down to to the waterfront to our to our beach. And if, if things go well, maybe even further down to, to Murphy Park on a recreational off-road all-seasons trail. But you just have this really vibrant community that is very walkable and very bikeable, and it's extremely compact. And if you don't have to get into the village on your, in, in, in an automobile, even better. Uh, I know, unfortunately, that's the way we, that we have to get to Door County and, 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 and travel about these days. Uh, but maybe that changes in, in the future. Um, so... I think it's it's there's a wonderful opportunity with this really compact village to create this very bikeable, walkable, livable community with uh, the best that Door County has to offer. That's 25 years from now, and maybe by that time we are on like uh, hoverboards. <laughs> nice, perfect. Yeah, we might not even need uh, the bikes at that point. Yeah, and we can just teleport right into Egg Harbor. 
But Perfect. I, I'm surprised you left out because I know a big part of your vision of the future in, of Egg Harbor is some massive parking structures. <laughs> at least eight stories. <laughs> at least. Um, um, and it, well, let's talk parking. Yes. Um, I know this is a hot button issue everywhere in the county and Egg Harbor in particular. I know in my conversation with you, you and I kind of see parking the same way. Yes, there. This isn't to say that we don't need parking, but my opinion, and I. I I think yours as well, is that like good urban planning, good village planning. Um, and when you talk about like a downtown area, even in a small town of 200 people like Egg Harbor, I consider that urban planning in that, that center area. No good urban planning starts with cars in mind. Correct? That, that's, that, is, that is correct. When, you, when, when you're talking about, we call it complete streets, uh, we kind of flip the script. When we're talking about roadways and, and infrastructure, we say, you know, bikes first and, 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 and pedestrians, you know, cyclists and pedestrians first. And then, oh, okay, we just happen to let cars on these on these streets, you know, almost as if it was an afterthought, right? We've been conditioned to, to over the years, just to, to think of roads and streets as just, you know, strictly automobiles. And parking goes along with that. And so what we're trying to promote is just like this park once mentality and and, and going back to the compactness of, of the village like we have a lot of lodging establishments um, that are either like right in the village or just outside of our village boundaries and so what a, again a great opportunity to connect those with sidewalks and biking facilities and let people get up here park and then and roll into the village without having to drive back into the village and, and park somewhere so I'd just love to add a little context to, like, the parking problem, right? What a glorious problem to have, first right. of all. This was not the concern that I was hearing about when I arrived in 2015, right? right. The village has evolved into some, some new space, and parking is, is now a quote-unquote problem. Outside of a few businesses that are, are you know, dependent upon a, a model which requires parking, a grab-and-go food and, and such mm-hmm. groceries— there is more of a walking problem than there is a, a parking problem. And again, we've been conditioned to like be able to park immediately where we want to to go and then get back in our cars and go to the next location. Like I love my mom dearly, but like I don't go grocery shopping with her anymore because she's the lady that will circle the parking lot so that she can get like 20 steps closer. Right. Um, and I'm like, Mom, just park in the back of the parking lot. We can make this walk. Actually, it's much better that we do that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> So the village also has this amazing opportunity with Church Street, which is this like parallel road to our main street. And what we're doing with parking is we're just leveraging our existing opportunities with parking. We have a we have this dog park parking lot and we've just restriped it and added 60 spots. Church Street. Uh, that's in queue for 2021. We're gonna add 150 spots and do bike lanes and sidewalks. And we're actually gonna create a sidewalk from Harbor School Road, uh, which is by our dog park, uh, as you first enter the village, kind of, and then take that all the way out to along Church Street, all the way back to the highway, actually. So we'll have connectivity from Harbor School Road to the highway, and then in 2023, 2024, talking about doing the highway project, bear utilities, bike lanes, on-street bike lanes, which would be the first municipality in Door County to have on-street bike lanes. And sidewalks that, that go to Church Street. So now we've created this giant loop. We've brought in some more lodging establishments. And then the next project, or actually before Church Street and the highway, is um, Highway G by Shipwrecked. And we're going to create a 800-foot 
long sidewalk that connects to the existing off-road trail. And it's just been this like historical disconnect between the village beach and like the village downtown. And finally, that's going to be in, in fall of this year. We're going to get to that project finally. And so now, essentially, you could, you know, in, in five years time, six maybe, probably, you can be anywhere in the village and get down to the beach without really having to get on the road. So to me, that is great. And that's the way it should be. You know, and the walkability thing, I think, is is so cool because, like, I had the for the first time, I think, in maybe in my whole Door County experience, I was able to bring one of my buddies from Chicago up and do, like, kind of your classic pub crawl with mm-hmm. him in Egg Harbor because we were able to do the pub at Fireside and go to One Barrel. And, you know, we were able to kind of walk in that area. And it it felt like such a modern kind of more urban experience that I don't think I've gotten in, in, in other places up here. I know that you can do it in Sister Bay, but it just felt different. And, and maybe that's just because I live in Egg Harbor that it, it suddenly felt like, hey, this is something that, like, as a young person, I can go and do and have fun with my friends. And to expand that concept from the the top all the way down to the waterfront and everything else, I think is going to create a much more exciting uh, vibe for the town. Yeah, and vibe is a, is a good word for it. Um, and it's funny that you say modern because, like, from an urban planning perspective, like, no, that's actually before automobiles. That's the way it was done. Like, you created these cities, and you were able to infill these cities, and then you were able to keep your your rural environment rural. And then you had safe walk, you know, you had walking and biking facilities because that's all you had. It's only within the last, you know, five or six decades that we've become so like automobile dependent and and focused and oriented that um, we now call sidewalks modern, uh, which is, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, right. It's just it's just very in- interesting to, to to hear you say that. And and back to parking, like I don't want to sound like there aren't some legitimate concerns, you know. And there was a time when all of our zoning required people to put in massive parking lots. It was it was bad zoning, I, I think, or bad rulemaking. Um, but there were people who had to to adhere to those rules that now don't. And I, I understand, like, being upset that the new guys don't have to, but rules do change right. to some extent. And it's, But there are some creative ways around this to help people provide parking, right? Like, you guys are looking at a payment in lieu of parking, correct? Right. Yep. And, and and our planning commission was working through that that finally reached our, our village trustees. And so if you can't meet your on-site requirements for parking, you can pay a fee to uh, 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 create parking spaces, public parking spaces, essentially. So every year you pay into the fee because you can't do it on-site. And then the village could, could use that for any number of parking solutions, right? You know, some of the more creative solutions uh, would be like our bike share program, which is just like a fledgling really cute program, but it seems to work. You know, we have these like eggy bikes, we call them, uh, but they're free grab and go bikes. But then you can start looking into like, like a shuttle service, like Sister Bay is having some success with. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's other solutions to our, our parking problems that aren't asphalting the earth. Yeah. And, and, And which only, you know, the, you know, the peak demand, what would you say? 15 to 20 days out of the entire year. Yeah. That they're, that they're filled. And maybe, so you're doing this. I, I mean, I, I would go down to Egg Harbor. Often. My parents live in Egg Harbor, so I'd drive down there and meet them at, you know, maybe One Barrel or Fireside or something. And I would always be surprised because I, I'd be like saving them a parking spot because my parents are almost 80. And then here they come walking down the hill. I'm like, oh, I saved you a spot. They're like, uh, we can walk a block. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. I, I will not complain. If my, my parents can do that, I need to shut up. 
I'm in favor of like all downtown parking just being for like handicapped and mm-hmm. and mobily challenged people. Yep. <laughs> like the rest of us probably need to walk more. But yep. and sometimes, yeah, I'm like anyone else. There are times when I'm like, oh, I couldn't find a spot right here. Like sometimes I pull up to the pulse and there's no parking and I have to go around the block. And then I have and I I have a moment where I allow myself to go like, oh, get frustrated. <laughs> and then I remind myself that I'm a, a lazy bastard and I should just <laughs> park around the corner and shut up. Yeah, like, you you and me, you and I both. I yeah, mean. and it's funny because like I never really, I, I never have concerns about parking even though I live in Egg Harbor. My only concerns come in like certain festival weekends mm-hmm. when the road closes down mm-hmm. because it always happens to close like right next to where I get out of my neighborhood. You're welcome. So I'm, I'm always coming in. <laughs> I'm not like barred from going in. I'm always barred from going out. Mm-hmm. And it's always really weird to pull out of my neighborhood and be like, sorry, I'm d- I know that I'm inside the barrier. I just need to try to get out so I can go somewhere else. That's always the weird part for me. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I, and festivals too. I, there was an effort made with uh, the Sister Bay Festival this year to uh, do some shuttle service from Bailey's Harbor, I think. And I think that went well and maybe I'm yeah. getting things mixed up. But there's also solutions to to even those high, high impact uh, festival events. And I just think we need to think a little bit harder or more intelligently and, about them. And I get we most of us live here because we don't have to deal with the city stuff and we don't have to deal with the suburban drawbacks. But having lived down in Chicago for several years and then coming up here, I mean, sitting at a stop sign and waiting for four or five cars to go by or waiting a few seconds to take a left-hand turn, it, it's nothing compared to like every two and a half minute stoplight in the suburbs right. or sitting in traffic. And it like I hate being stuck too but in the grand scheme like even on its busiest day in sister bay and i have recordings of this because i do it just to see how long it really does take to get through sister bay it's about five minutes from like the one far extreme of town to the other on the busiest saturday in the middle of the day yeah it doesn't take you very long to leave door county and realize kind of what real traffic is or like the frustration that comes with that like i reach green bay and i'm like oh where did all these cars come from like (laughs) and you know what's glorious it's getting on my bike and riding into Sister Bay instead and realizing I should never take my car down here because I feel like I'm cheating everybody when I'm just flying around on my bike wherever I want to go and they all have to sit there and slowly crawl in their cars. Imagine, I love that in the city too. And just imagine having safe cycling facilities to accommodate your biking needs. And, and just a, a small correction. You said the first community in Door County to municipality to have on-street uh, bike lanes. You're the first in Northern Door Sturgeon Bay does have some on-street bike lanes. On their highway? Not on their highway. Not that was highway. my caveat. Oh, yeah. Okay. On Highway 42. But I'll take the correction. And too. which, so Egg Harbor's doing this. You have the bulk of this major project is happening in 2023, I believe, is what the plan is as of right now. Yeah, we're out for some funding, and we're asking the state to kind of hold off on their project until we hear on the funding. And the funding... Uh, we're applying for actually two grants, um, transportation alternatives, right, which plays into our vibe of, of bikeable, walkable. And then the other one is interesting is congestion mitigation and air quality. Hmm. Um, so we're waiting here on those. But, yeah, the highway project is slated for 2023, 2024. So as you guys are planning this, and one thing I've been encouraged by is is you and some other board members had mentioned yeah, we went and took a look at what happened, what how Town of Gibraltar was doing. And we went and looked at what Sister Bay was doing and how Ephraim Project went and tried to learn a little bit from these other communities that had gone through it, which sounds very basic and easy. But I cover every 
community up here. And so rarely do do people even think that, like, everyone thinks they have to reinvent the wheel, that they can't learn from each other. So other towns don't seem to communicate. We, you know, we had two communities trying to build a public restroom by their waterfront at the same exact time and neither talking to each other and one saying, yeah, we're stuck at a cost that was like five times the cost of the other one. We've had instances in other years where two communities were using the same engineering firm to investigate building a marina and getting different feedback from that firm at different meetings and not talking to each other and picking each other's brains and or even trying to combine costs and things like that. I just think it's like, what do you learn when you were going around and looking at other communities? What kind of things do you learn by doing that? Kudos to our Parks and Public Works Committee for for recognizing the value in going to these very um, close locations and looking at the like the exact same project that we're about to do and just being able to pick and choose like what's good, what's bad, and then talking to the the administrators and like, hey, if you had to do this project over again, what would you do differently? That's an amazing opportunity, and I'm glad they're taking advantage of it. Uh, and so. Basically, Ephraim's project turned out really great, and so specifically to the highway, right? So Ephraim's project turned out really great, and it's a good mix of like having the sidewalk, but keeping the quaintness and having a nice streetscape. And you know, one of the things that you realize about Ephraim is like, it's okay if you have a narrow highway width. You know, you don't want cars blasting through at forty-five, anyways. Like that—that's actually a traffic calming technique. That's actually a really good thing. We learn lessons about utilities, like. You should probably bury them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we got that feedback from our comprehensive plan. So, we're, you know, they, the trustees have a good foundation to work off of there to support their, their bearing of utilities. Sister Bay, project's good, but a lot of concrete. You know, not, yeah. not being critical, but um, something left to be desired with their streetscape, uh, especially the absence of a uh, street tree canopy. Right. And so... Like the the geometry of the roadway is good, and there's lessons to be learned there, and the bump outs and, and studying those. So yeah, we we took some pieces out, and I think really what the the scope alignment on the highway project right now is on street bike lanes, sidewalks, street tree canopy, bury the utilities, bump outs at your crosswalks, put in some public art in your streetscape, and and soften and soften the highway, uh, and, and create an experience. Yeah. And so we're we're going to take an extremely deep dive on the streetscape element of our project. We're partnering with University CITY. This is UW-Madison program. They're civil and environmental engineering department. They're going to help us study the the streetscape, the street the street tree canopy, um like what type of street trees should we use? You don't want them all to be the same type because eventually they'll get some disease and probably all die at the same time. There's a lot <laughs> There's a lot to be studied there. That's an interesting. There's so many aspects of this. You're asking a village board or administrator or parks committee to be part horticulturalist, yeah. <laughs> part, part um, concrete expert. Part, like there's just so many things that go to stormwater runoff, yep. utilities. Yep. It is. It's complex. And so why not bring in resources like, you know, this university program? I'm very excited about it. You know, they're they're, they have the latest and the greatest of the, on the trends of what's happening, and um, and why not learn lessons from other municipalities? And there's nothing that's going on in Door County that's not being done somewhere else, either right. in the state or the country or or the world. And I think we kind of get not only do we get stuck in our little enclaves, our little municipality bubbles, but also there's the Door County bubble. 
and I think we just need to get out and, and, and explore a little bit more from time to time. Yeah, I mean, we, there's a lot we can learn from a place like Traverse City. There's tons of other places. Like, people talk about bike lanes up here, and where would you put it, or how would this work? Hey, the, the city of Chicago, the city of New York, the most congested places in the country have figured out how to get on-street bike lanes and make biking safe and incredibly popular. They have, like, cycling rush hours to work on these main corridors in, in these cities now. And it all happened mostly in the last 10 years with a concerted effort. Like, you can find space for things. Is Once you decide we don't have to make it as fast as possible for a car to get through our town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I saw this. I don't even know where I saw it, but there's this, like, a picture of Portland, Oregon with this, like, um, this bike traffic jam. And, like, the question was, oh, what is this bike to work day picture of bike to work day? And the answer was, like, no, it's Tuesday. Right. This is just the way it is. Yep. People ride their bikes because they have safe cycling facilities, and it can be done anywhere. You know, yep. one thing that I had seen pointed out, and I had even just thought myself, was, like, there's not enough room on 42 to do two lanes of traffic, or and then a third turn lane, and then also parking, and then also a bike lane, right? It, it Like, when you think of it, like, that's a lot of stuff to fit into that little space. Then I, I said that to you, Miles, and you're like, you know, in America, we feel like we need so much more room on the side of our cars when we're driving. But in, like, European countries, roads are way smaller, and, and they do just fine. Yeah, our highway standards are— mm. Created by people who make highways, <laughs> who get paid more if they have more highways and wider highways. And, and so, I, I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll say this for the, 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 the transportation department. That works in Door County. They're really sensitive to our unique needs, and I think they do a lot to accommodate us. And we are bringing our, our traffic lanes down to the what we'd call like the minimal acceptable width. Um, and there's, you know, they're, we're all coming at it from different perspectives. One of their objectives is to get people in their cars from point A to point B as fast as possible. Those objectives do not align with our objectives, so we have to negotiate on the on the middle ground. And I will say the transportation department is 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 great to work with in that respect. Yeah, one of the issues is like every town in Egg Harbor is on a state highway, so Door County or or yeah, sorry, there are multiple towns in Egg Harbor. Um, <laughs> most people don't know of these little sub <laughs> sub villages, um, but the every community in Door County is on that state highway and a lot of them don't have like a secondary road mm -hmm. even. So to to provide a lot of the things that they want, you have to abide by these Wisconsin State Department of Transportation and federal guidelines that are designed around these highways basically going in areas where they where people can travel 70 miles an hour at a rapid speed. That's not where we live in, so you're right. Like these it is it is even like doing festivals and stuff, people don't realize to close a highway you have to go to the state to do the kind of things like Fall Fest, and they're only going to allow you to do that once or twice a year because it's a state highway, even though up here it's basically just a road. Like, yeah. When people come up here, like, Highway 42, like, where's the highway? Mm -hmm. Like, no, that's, okay, it's a road. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it is, in fact, an interstate highway. Yeah. Ryan, is there is there anything else important that we haven't talked about yet that you think that we should get to before we wrap up? You know, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of our uh, sustainability programs that we have going on right now. Um, we were one of the first municipalities in Door County to become the uh, part of the Green Tier Legacy Communities, which is a program through the Department of Natural Resources. And so we have some really fun stuff coming up with uh, sustainability. And um, one of them is starting a compost program. Uh, so we'll be working with restaurants to, and we're creating a, a composting facility at our um, landfill landfill site, a so recycling site. 
And so we have a great team working on that. Also, we're um, exploring and will likely install a large ground-mounted solar array at our wastewater treatment plant. I called WPS the other day and said, well, you know, we'll have some press releases coming out and like, you know, do you want to, you know, be a partner in this or, you know, and they're like, this is not very exciting for us. Like this stuff is happening all over the country. Like good for you guys for catching up. But like, <laughs> it was like, oh man, I was so pumped. Right. Wow. Like, I think, I know, I know. Um, so we're looking at adding solar to the wastewater treatment plant and then the, the Crest Pavilion. Also, we're exploring um, ways to eliminate single use plastics in our village. And it's not, and all of this sustainability stuff is not the village egg harbor specific. We're doing it, but we're doing it in hopes of bringing other municipalities into what we're what we're up to. Right. So I love what's going on with our with our green tier legacy programs. And then I also am very excited about this recreational trail concept. I'm, I'm pumped about that. That's being developed right now. And this, too, is in partnership with that group I mentioned earlier, University City, C-I-T-Y. Also, Door County Government is a, a, a partner in this, as well as many other potential partners. But the basic concept is a recreational trail that's all seasons, off-road, which means, like, off of the road, not on the road, <laughs> um, that goes through what is now private property and would connect um, the village of Egg Harbor Beach to Murphy Park Beach and would go along the Niagara Escarpment potentially. And there's a lot of buy-in, initial buy-in from the landowners, which is huge. And 99% of the people I talk to um, are excited about the concept. Right. Um, and so that is w w potentially, given the synergies and what could happen with that project, that would, if we can make it happen, it could be a really good model for other municipalities to do the same. And then if we can figure out a way, and eventually someday Door County will, to connect those communities with a, a, a recreational trail, now you really got something. Are you envisioning a future where people can, like, in Egg Harbor, jump on their bike and make their way all the way up to Sister Bay and back down? That would be my dream. That it's 100%. And, and let's not, uh, I mean, the Anape Trail exists in, in, yeah. in Southern Door, right? And so it's not too foreign of a concept in, or in Door County currently, but more challenging if you don't have a, a old railway system where right. you could go rail to trail. More challenging here, but 100%. I, you know, I could see uh, from going to Egg Harbor to Bailey's Harbor to Sister Bay, I mean, connect all of them. Well, I think that that's just about all the time we have for today, Ryan. I feel like we could talk on and on about the future of Egg Harbor and Door County. There's a lot of really exciting things coming down the pike. Uh, but thank you for coming in and kind of sharing what the vision is moving forward and and trying to add some context to some of the stuff that's happening right now. I think that that's, uh, it's one of the things that we're most proud of being able to do, and it's something that we try to do every week on the podcast is give context for the discussions that are happening in the community. So thank you again for coming in and helping us provide that. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And then also just... Just a, a shout out to our, our village trustees who are moving a lot of these programs forward and also our Egg Harbor staff and because they are amazing. They care. Uh, they're proactive and great things are happening. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Miles. Thank you. Thank you. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.